Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Roto World Football Podcast. Say it with me. The most important podcast in the universe. I want to thank our podcast producer josh norris and oh i forgot to mention i am josh norris here hosting this with you today this is tuesday it is week 12 it is time to win this week 12 and next week so you can make your fantasy playoffs and there is no one to do that to help you with that more so than ray summerlin ray writes the waiver column over at rotoworld.com ray also wants you to subscribe to this very podcast if you have not but, Ray, let's start off with non-football question because that's just what we do here. And I don't care about Thanksgiving right now. It's, it's already so close that it's, you know, in my rearview mirror. I want to ask you about the season of giving, okay? What is, and not giving, I'm, I'm talking about receiving here. What is the best gift that you have ever received in your life? When my mother-in-law finally gave up the ghosts and stopped buying me Christmas presents. It was just, it was, I don't like to get presents. I think, I think the whole idea is dumb. I think that, uh, you should, if you should just take your money and buy stuff for yourself, because at least you know that you'll like it. Like this whole notion that, that this person is going to buy something for you and then you buy something for them. Take that money that you were going to spend on them and just spend it on you and everybody will end up happier in the long run. But Ray, as like a child, you weren't this much of a Scrooge, I'm sure. Like at some point Uh, you enjoyed receiving gifts. I had to force my mother to stop celebrating my birthday when I was like 13 or 14. I've always hated the idea. It doesn't make any sense to me. Birthdays especially. Birthdays make no sense. If anybody should get a present on your birthday, it is your mother. Because all you did was pop out into the world and begin breathing. But, so there is there is like no tradition you have for your birthday either. Like you don't have no. a certain cake that you enjoy. You, no. You don't I do anything out, special. I find out it's my birthday when my mother calls me. That is literally how I find out it's my birthday what? every single year. Yeah. She calls me and goes, hey, happy Ray, birthday. what is your birthday? Oh, yeah. What day June the 10th. June the 10th. Okay. I remember it. You're receiving a text from me, and I'll, I'll text you before your mom calls you. <laughs> so you will know it from now on from me that I am telling you it's your birthday. So, you know what? You know what? This is, my, this is my view of the world. My utopia would be that people stop celebrating things that are not actually accomplishments, such as living another year. And start celebrating so, things that you've done in your life. Uh, you graduate the day you graduated from college. That's something to celebrate. 
right? When you the day that you got your dream no, job, no, because like Don't sometimes you that. went to class, like oh, congratulations, you went four years without having any responsibilities in your life. Well, well, that's you had a much different college experience than I did, Probably. but perhaps, but perhaps then you like I love anniversaries. I celebrate obviously my anniversary because oh, keeping a marriage I, together. Ray, is I would know work. nothing about that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. These are the, <laughs> yes. I'm glad that I'm glad that we've gotten all my Scrooge stuff. Ray, out. We what waited until the did you realize that like Santa was not real, the Easter Bunny was not real, all these things a tooth fairy. Like were these just instant revelations by you that you just and it destroyed your childhood? <laughs> no, I mean it's it's good not to live in a fairy tale world. Open your eyes. <laughs> I don't know. You still like Doug Martin, so <laughs> well. Oh, I'm so upset. I'm just so upset. Just so upset. All right, let's get into some of these names. I just learned a lot about you and namely that you're like a 10th lunatic. So this is <laughs> this is all good stuff. Uh, let's start with Samaji Pirine, who like had, what, over 100 yards after doing absolutely nothing this year. And sure, he has finally a workload and even more so now with Chris Thompson out. So again, in your waiver column, what are you expecting moving forward with Samaji Pirine? Well, I have to say I was incorrectly very lukewarm on P. Ryan last week because I expected Chris Thompson to dominate the work, just as he had done the last time that Rob Kelly was out. And that's not what happened. P. Ryan was involved. He had his touchdown before Thompson left in the third quarter. So he was already involved. And now with Thompson out, I mean, the sky's the limit. The other people, you know, we'll talk about the other back they have on their depth chart in deep cuts, there's rumors, I believe, that ESPN's Field Yates said that, you know, perhaps Andre Ellington could end up there, which would certainly be an interesting fit. But he he's the guy now, and he ran for, you know, 117 yards on 23 carries in a touchdown against the Saints defense, which had been pretty good. They have a good schedule coming up, the Giants, the Cowboys, the Chargers. I, I think that P. Ryan's going to end up being a miss for me uh, from last week. But luckily, he's still out there in 65% of Yahoo leagues. So some people that are listening to this might, you know, and obviously that that number is probably depressed because of where we are in the season. But hopefully some people still listening to this get another bite at the apple because he's going to end up being just a, an excellent ad, one that I, I, yeah. I missed on, completely missed on. Well, and I mean, look, we weren't expecting the Redskins to have a positive game script throughout this entire game, right? Yeah. And they, and they certainly did. And in And I don't have the splits in front of me, but if I was just to guess, an educated guess, I would say that when the Redskins are expected to have a lead, when they are favored in a game, that's probably a better option in those contests to play P. Ryan than the opposite scenarios. And none of us expected, again, them to have such a lead against the Saints and then obviously completely blow it. Well, Um, you would expect them to be favored for most of the rest of their games. Like I said, Giants, they're going to be favored. Cowboys, we'll see it's in Dallas. Then they're in L.A. The Chargers might actually be in playoff contention by the time that game's played, low-key, which which would be interesting to watch. Get the Cardinals at home, favored in that game. Broncos at home, favored in that game. And then in New York to face the Giants again, favored in that game. This could be an interesting interesting run for P. Ryan. And and like I said, if he's out there, you absolutely need to go and get him. And and if he does well, just remember I really liked him ahead of the uh, draft process. And and if he doesn't, (laughs) then just forget that. Um, All right, let's then go to Tariq Cohen, who – made a reappearance this season after like being the darling of everyone's eye for the first four or five weeks, then seeing very limited touches and John Fox saying, well, the defense dictates what we're going to do offensively, which doesn't make like that much sense. But anyways, it's a John Foxism. Um, Tariq Cohen had, I believe, was it a rushing or a receiving touchdown in this game? 
are, are we more optimistic? I mean, they're actually throwing the ball now. I mean, I think you have to be more optimistic to give you an idea of how of how crazy this his usage was in this game. In his previous three games combined, he had five carries and three catches and played 38 total snaps over those entire three games. Against the Lions on Sunday, he had nine carries and four catches on 31 snaps. So he basically did his previous three games worth of work in in one game. And that's obviously promising moving forward. But I don't really know how you how you confidently predict what we're going to see from him. I think concerningly, he was still in the two-minute offense. He still wasn't involved. That suggests they still have some concerns about pass protection. You know, this was a game that they were in the whole time. You know, I don't I don't really know moving forward if we see him get kind of bumped behind Benny Cunningham again. So I'm saying if you dropped him, and I, I had him as a drop last week simply based on that usage, and again, another one I missed. Last week wasn't a great week. Last week, not a great week. Um, I had him as a drop. If you dropped him and he's still out there and you want to pick him back up and put him on the bench, that's fine. But I just I don't think that you're going to feel very confident starting him at really any point the rest of the season, right? Unless we see this usage, you know, continued in this way. Yeah, and that's kind of the issue. And by the way, we should add, and I should note this before every single uh, Tuesday podcast, we were recording this before Monday Night Football, almost during at this point. Um, so if someone like J.D. McKissick or someone else goes off. For big points, just refer to Ray's waiver column and not this podcast necessarily for that information. Uh, let's then go to Josh Doxson, who on paper had a difficult matchup with Marshawn Lattimore. However, I believe Lattimore was hobbled at some point early in this game. And then yeah. Kirk Cousins just tried to allow Josh Doxson to win in ways he can win in, which is contested catches on vertical receptions. And he did just that in a number of scenarios. Yeah, and I was actually shocked to look when I started looking at ownership percentages that Josh Doxson's ownership percentage went down wow. last week. And I, I, I understand why. I, I, he had lackluster stat lines the previous two weeks, and I get that. But he was getting targets. His target share was continually going up. His snap share was continually going up. And I think that Doxson is a good example of a player that if we are pretty sure the guy is talented and Doxson is is – I think that Doxson is very talented. Too. If we're pretty sure that a player is talented and that player continues to get opportunities, then you should probably stick with that person and try not to drop them. That rings true for Corey Davis. It rings <laughs> true for someone we'll talk about in a little bit, Corey Coleman. So just something to think about. And now, I mean, you look at Doxson and you look what, what they have coming up. This week, they get the Giants. I mean, that is an absolute blow-up spot for him, even though you know we, we saw the Chiefs kind of disappoint. That's a blow-up spot for him. Then they get you know Dallas. The Chargers, that's tough, but then they get the Cardinals. I mean, there are some good spots here in the next couple of weeks. And then you look at the Broncos in Week 16 and say, oh, well, that's a bad matchup. Not, not so much really <laughs> anymore. They've given up, I think, 10 to passing touchdowns the last three games. So I think there's a lot to like here about Josh Doxson. Terrell Pryor going on to injured reserve. I I think he should be owned in every league. The fact that he's out there in 72% of leagues is is, is a is a bit crazy to me. And I and I think that if you have a spot open, especially, but even if you need a wide receiver for this week, he needs to be added. Let's move on to his draft class teammate, I guess, draft class peer, and Corey Coleman. It's not like we were expecting anything this past weekend with Corey Coleman against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Did he show you anything to warrant a ad or even a priority ad this week? Well, I mean, he was only the second receiver 
this season to surpass 70 receiving yards pretty good against team Coco. Against the jaguars that's not bad right no that's that's pretty good that's my dude and again if he continues to do well remember i love Corey coleman and if not forget it so the concern you would have with Corey coleman is that the schedule the next two weeks is not great they get the Bengals and the chargers not two situations that you know that aren't great josh gordon is apparently coming back it looks like he's going to return to practice this week i remain i remain hesitant to get excited about josh gordon coming yeah. back but he is he does look like he is going to come back those are concerns but just like what i said with Doxon, a a good player someone who we think is a good player getting opportunities that's someone you want at at the at the least on your bench and i think that's who Corey coleman is let's go then to kenny stills um it's difficult for me to talk myself into playing Kenny Stills in fantasy football unless I'm in like a 14-team league with a bunch of sharp people with two um, flex positions, right? Like I just don't find myself doing that. Uh, but he has put up big starting caliber performances at times this season. Yeah, what if I told you that Matt Moore was starting. Would that change your mind? Yeah, it certainly did this week when he found Kenny Stills down the field. Well, it should because in seven games he's played with Matt Moore. So Matt Bora started or played part of the game. In the last two seasons, Kenny Stills has 32 catches for 555 yards and seven touchdowns. A touchdown, wow. a game. In his other 19 games, he has 50 catches for 759 yards and seven touchdowns. So he is with Matt Moore for, for whatever reason – with Matt Moore, we saw it this last week as well. He just goes off. He's been going off. And they get the Patriots this week. The Patriots have been playing much, much better defense as of late. And we kind of saw that against Oakland and Mexico City. But I think if Matt Moore's starting, you have to consider putting Kenny Stills in your lineup. You told me to write down Zay Jones's name. Why? Yeah, boy. Well, Kelvin Benjamin has avoided ligament damage is he reportedly that he's avoided ligament damage it seems unlikely he plays this week jordan matthews is probably going to return but we haven't really seen anything from jordan matthews and zay jones is suddenly competent he has 121 yards and a touchdown on 14 targets in his last two games he gets the chiefs he's probably not going to see a lot of marcus peters who's stationary and they can move him around i i think that if the Bills make the correct decision and keep Tyrod in there, which I've seen some quotes today on Monday <laughs> from Sean McDermott, which suggests to me that they're not going to do that, which in that case, throw this completely out of the water, right? But if if they keep Tyrod Taylor in a good matchup, I think that Zay Jones has shown some stuff in the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to be interested in him at least in deeper leagues. One, I think that Sean McDermott is like bald beautiful, so... If I ever do shave my head, which at some point it will happen, I hope to look like Sean McDermott in some ways, but that also means I need to find the gym. Um, and two, I didn't even know Jordan Matthews was on the Bills. Uh, <laughs> by the way, all of you out there, Robert and Richard and Raymond, not you, Raymond, Raymond, Raymond uh, Randy, Roger, Ronald, and absolutely you, Robin, you should subscribe to this very podcast, especially if you continue to listen, because we're giving it to you for free. Uh, Ray, Let's talk about like First of all, hey, can I say yeah, there's a Texan there's a Texas country artist named Randy Rogers, and you did Randy and Rogers together there, and it just threw me straight back to college. Now that's college right there, Randy Rogers. 
maybe you should celebrate the first time you listen to Randy Rogers. <laughs> oh, I will. Uh, is there anyone that you have in mind for like the playoff stretch, right? Because I mentioned at the top of the show, we need to win, obviously, this week in week 12. But week 13, we just have two more weeks and then early playoffs start. Um, anyone you have your eye on that maybe others aren't? Well, you know, it, it's tough to do in wide receivers and running backs because, you know, the the good players are probably already owned. So it, yeah. you're not really streaming at those position. But I, I think at quarterback, there are some interesting names there. We'll see what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. I would imagine there hasn't been an announcement yet, but I would imagine he starts uh, this week against the Seahawks. And, you know, that's not a good place. He gets the Bears after that. That's not good. But after that, he gets the Texans and the Titans. So if Jimmy Garoppolo can come in and do anything, then then he'll be something somebody that's interesting. Paxton Lynch is going to start at some point. I, I agree. Hold on a second. I agree. He's going to start at some point, and we'll get a chance before the playoffs to see what he does. I assume that he's going to do poorly as well. But the Broncos have a pretty favorable schedule the rest of the way. They get Oakland, Miami, the Jets, Indianapolis, Washington, and Kansas City over the final six weeks. I, I don't think that he's going to do anything, but if you're interested in just taking a dart throw in a deeper league, especially two quarterbacks leagues, I have Lynch in a couple two quarterbacks leagues. That that's something interesting, you know, to keep an eye on. So I those are just kind of two quarterbacks I'm taking a look at. And then at tight end, I mean, my basic premise for tight ends at this point is that you should find the tight ends who are playing the Broncos, Giants, or Washington. And you should and just Browns, start those right? guys. And Browns to some extent, but it hasn't been quite as bad with the Browns as those teams. But yeah, yeah, find those matchups, find out who they are, and you know, and try to do something with them. Oddly enough, Arizona has two of those teams hmm. uh, over the playoff run. So you know, if you're all in on uh, Sealy Sealy native Ricky Seals Jones after last week, then yeah. uh, then certainly jump on board. Um, by the way, and again, this is before the Monday night game. There are so many Seahawks fans getting excited for Mike Davis and like calling this. It's soon to be his breakout game. So if for some reason he does, or if they're just wrong and he doesn't even see the field, remember to check out Ray's waiver column. Uh, I'm guessing he's not a deep cut name that we should mention here. Yeah, I can't. I'm not getting excited about, about Mike Davis. I can't say that. Um, although it's funny to make fun of Don't Mike Davis. It. Don't jinx it, Ray. It could happen. I know. <laughs> it's funny to make fun of Mike Davis with the names I'm about to say. Okay. So, so, so perhaps I should just say Mike Davis. Um, with Chris Thompson out, the the Redskins are going to have to look for somebody to fill in the kind of that passing down role. They have someone on the roster right now, Byron Marshall, who they just signed off the Eagles practice squad. He fits the bill. He played three snaps in his first game with them. There has been talk, like I said, of, of Andre Ellington coming in. So kind of keep an eye on that. Traveris cadet played that, that backup role in Buffalo this week with Mike Tolbert out. They continue to give that second running back touches and Traveris cadet had six targets. He played 35% of the snaps. So that's something to keep an eye on, especially in deep PPR leagues. Um, Mike Tolbert had been, had been getting around those kinds of touches just for most of the year. I mean, I, it, I, I, yeah. I cannot believe it that in the year 2017, Mike Tolbert was viewed as the number two running back for a team, not the fullback because they gave another fullback money. The num the, the number two running back. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, it, it's so weird, but it keeps happening. So we have to we have to at least pay yes. attention to it. And then I, I saw something, an interesting quote from Bruce Arians talking about how they were going to make some changes at receivers behind Larry Fitzgerald because you know the guys just haven't been got, getting it done. John Brown has a turf toe injury now. Arizona actually has a good passing schedule in the playoffs with Tennessee, 
the Redskins, and the Giants. Um, if Chad Williams gets in there, and he, he kind of had a little bit of a run, then had some injuries, yeah. if they start to move him in there, he might be a name to pay attention to in deeper leagues. And he's big, and he's fast. And that's, and that's what, what Bruce like. Arian likes. Yep. Um, Ray, thanks so much. Again, you can check out his waiver column. I think he has a podcast there this week. I'm not sure. I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but it's an, it's an odd week. So we appreciate you checking out all of our content. I'll have one later in the week as well. And then as you know, Roto World Live, which will be this Sunday at noon Eastern, again, to help you win this pivotal week 12 matchup. So for Ray, I'm Josh. Talk to you soon. See ya. that it's the call of the crave and when the crave calls you know what to do try the five dollar bacon bundle because the only thing better than a white castle slider is a white castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon so pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider 1921 bacon cheese slider or chicken bacon ranch slider and also get a small fry for just five dollars with the five dollar bacon bundle white castle follow your crave when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.